what is up welcome back to side stage this is uh saturday june 13th it's been about three weeks since we've uh, recorded one and i'm getting hit up on twitter about people waiting for the next episode so here we are i got a guest today um well we've pretty much been friends or frenemies as long as i've been frenemies. alive when did this start we used to beat the heck out of me when i was younger with my brother no. we're friends now we were it was all in good fun. Yeah, for you maybe. Now, uh, Justin, he's a good buddy. So now we're here. We have a lot to talk about because the last three weeks in music have been insane. Yes, it has. A lot of band shakeups. Lots. First off, let's talk about the Ghost Inside. So, their new album came out. First, I'm going to ask you, before we get into any of the drama, what did you think about it? So, initially, first listen, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I don't know, going through several times, it grew on me. I think it is a pretty solid album. I don't think it's my favorite, but it's they do have some pretty good songs. The Outcast, I think, is one of their that's songs. That's my favorite. Dude, that, that song's sick. With the uh, hi-hat breakdown. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good one. It, uh... Yeah, I will say first listen through, I mean, it had like the hits. That that song stuck out to me. Well, I remember, the, I love the way the album starts. The drums, and then... So, one complaint about how the album starts. It could just be me, but I felt like it was a little bit corny. The whole oh, TGI, the TGI. Yeah, yeah that, that was very corny, but I liked it. It gave me like a day to remember. Well, it means Jeremy like, helped well, produce I, the album. I know, so. and that's... That, I found that out later, so I definitely see a lot of influences from him on this album. Well, you mentioned something to me about the the cleans. Well, yeah, is it? There's several times during courses where I thought it was Jeremy. I don't know if it was him or not. He's not doesn't have any credits on it. So, but uh, I tell you what, what's the name of that song that's like the most radio rock song on the album? Um, what is it? Dude, I suck at song names. They're all like song number four or think, song yeah, number eight me, for me. Yeah. I think it's Phoenix Rise. It's like real, it's not poppy, but it's not classic The Ghost Inside. But I did like their, the album because it gave me more of a get what you give feel than a um, Dear Youth. I didn't like the production on Dear Youth. I liked it a lot better on Get What You Give, and this had a lot more of that sound. See, I don't really, I don't really know that much about production. Like, I just listen to an album, and just it is what it is for me. So I don't know a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but I don't know. It definitely felt it. De- it did feel more Get What You Give compared to um, what was the last one with Dear Avalanche, Youth. Dear Youth. Okay. Yeah. It, so yeah, I mean it. Both it, good albums, but I feel like. Dear Youth took a, I don't want to say a weird turn, but it kind of went away from what the last two albums they put out before that were. Yeah. And this album kind of rolled back into that. But And I think with their whole story and stuff, like album reviews are really, really exaggerating how good this album is. I think, and it has a lot to, I think it has a lot to do with like, their accident and stuff. Like, I don't think it's as good as they're making it out to be, and I don't think these writers think that either. It's just like, it's a very Clicks. nice story. Yeah. And, but it is a good album. I, I 
don't want to sound like I'm bashing it because it is an awesome album, but it's not my favorite. Yeah, I I agree with that, but there were parts of this album that were way heavier than they've ever been. Oh yeah, and that, like in Pressure Point, that crawl at the end is ridiculous. Um, but now to the drama. It was not the oh, God, dude. album so release. Album release day they thought it was going to be uh, the biggest day of their lives, and the night they, with all that's going on in the states right now, uh, they released a T-shirt, um, and all proceeds are going to NAACP. And some guy who was the drummer for a band, Brace War, Brace War, that's what it was, called out Jim, the bass player, for calling. I think it was one their bus driver, the N word. And this was, two thousand fifteen, right? Fourteen, I think, is actually when it ha- happened. Yeah. Which neither one of us condone using that word or calling anyone that. That's ridiculous. But so, of course, the day of the album, they had to address that and kicked out the bass player. So now's my chance. Um, nah, but I have so much to say about that, but it's like, you just have to be so careful. Exactly. Because everybody's going to critique every little thing you say and it's scary giving opinions these days. It is, but I'm going to give one. (laughs) Well, good luck, dude. No, I mean, seriously, like I'm going to preface this with, and under no circumstances should you ever call anyone that. It is not, it's just not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and this is where I get canceled. You had a good run. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, given this guy apparently said something to Jim back in 2014, and Jim apologized. And given that doesn't make it right that he apologized, and he might have just apologized because he got caught. Yeah. But here we are. It's 2020. And I know Jim through, not know him, but like social media for the last few years, he has been the most outspoken rights activist for everyone across the board. And like, we're not, people, what I'm trying to say is what he did at the time was wrong. And it is wrong still to this day. But. In today's cancel culture, you're not allowed to grow and change anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't I don't know if it would have been as big a deal if it wasn't I, I can see how people thought that Jim gave his I don't know. Like the the album dropped and then everything happened so then it's like they kind of you know they're on this high and some people could have perceived it as hey they're using this you know this uh, black lives matters movement yeah to promote their album kind of behind the scenes too i don't know if that makes sense or not you know like yeah they're kind of using it to push album sales for the next day yeah but it, i don't know but then to the defense of the ghost inside like they couldn't have predicted this would happen you know they didn't plan their album around a police brutality, like, you know what I'm yeah. saying, to take advantage of the situation. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I mean, 
And then it comes out, you know, if you're going to call somebody out on the internet, you better come correct. Because internet warriors went back through that guy's tweets and saw him using anti, how would you say this politically correct, anti-LGBT remarks, calling people fags and stuff. And um, so everybody's like, well, you can, and here's, here's my big issue with all of this. Um, with that, with what's going on, it kind of points out what I'm, what I said a second ago is, okay, that guy realized, he's like, oh crap, you know, they're coming after me now. Yeah. So he put out a statement. Did you read it? Yeah, it was, I have my thoughts on that. Here's too. what I, here's what I, all I read. Listen, what I did was not correct, was not right, but I've grown and changed, but he hasn't. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So he's saying, wait, don't. I'm def- going to deflect this back onto him. What I did was wrong, but I'm, I've grown. I'm a different person. Yeah. He, but there's no way he did that. He flipped it to where it's, it's not about me. It's about what you did. And yep. And that's that's my that's seriously that's my issue. Like no one's allowed to grow or change in this anymore. Like dude, they got on to Jimmy Fallon for doing blackface in like the year 2000. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon, he's the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah. But I don't know. It's I don't know. Have has he been canceled culture? Or is he they came after thing? him, but I mean it's Jimmy Fallon. But it's like it, some people get a pass. You know, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of bullshit. Like was it Jamie Foxx came to vouch for him, and it was like, okay, you're good. Yeah, you're good to go now. But and like like I said, don't call people that. Don't even say that word. It's simple. And I don't know. It's just the my biggest issue is the cancel culture. Part of me believes what's going on right now kind of needs to go on, in a sense. Yeah. But it's just, ugh. And then now, dude, people are coming after a day to remember the bass player. See, I haven't heard anything about that. So. Supposedly, allegedly, slept with underage women back in the day. But I have my own thoughts about that, too. But she's called out, that same girl's called out like seven different band yeah. music people. Oh, they sleep with underage women. So you were trying to sleep with these men when you were 16 years old? Yeah. It's kind of on you too, you know. But that's still, you don't sleep with underage women. Uh, I sent you that article, Varials was going through it. Yeah, Varials doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like if you dig deep enough, You'll find shit in people's past, and everybody's got skeleton. I don't know. I just feel like it's—I don't know. You, you basically have to come forward right now and apologize for everything you did, because if somebody finds it, you're—you've done. Yeah. 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 Varials was another big one. They, uh, their old vocalist, Travis something. He's half black. Yeah. He's mixed, and uh. That's what he was saying. They said they Varials did something for a shirt, same thing, and he tweeted out. I was like, "Oh, so you guys gonna stop calling people the N word?" But like, he had to have been with them when they were initially saying it. So did he confront them then, or did he use this as a platform to call See, people out? I think some people came at him like, "Dude, you were there. Why did you not say something then?" And he was like, "Use the angle of what am I supposed to do? Tell all them they can't." Yeah, yeah that's mean, exactly what you're supposed to do. You know. It, it just sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I did see um, the day after, two days after 
guessing I kicked Jim out, he went live on Instagram for over an hour with. I saw that too. Did you watch any of it? Uh, watched a little bit of it. I just. I, I, will, I will say that guy was not easy on him. Oh no! But you know? yeah, and it was like one of his friends, wasn't it? Yeah, like they were friends. They've been friends for a long time, and uh, that guy was not easy on him. He said, "Look," he said, "I don't agree with what you did, but we need to talk about." you and let him gave Jim an opportunity to prove, I guess that he has grown. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's scary, man. Like people, your past can catch up with you real quick and whether you did shit maliciously or not, like it can come back to bite you. Oh, did you hear about Austin Carlisle? I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> uh, the vocalist for original vocalist for Attack Attack and of Mice and Men. I mean, I obviously know the bands, but I know one is like isn't one in like Bear Tooth or Well, that's okay. That's Caleb Shomo. Alice Carroll is not in a band anymore. Um, but it's came out now that all these women came out a couple years ago to all alternative press about him like sexually assaulting and raping them and alternative press like buried the story so now it's literally we're not gonna have music anymore yeah I mean again we are I don't think we're done seeing band shakeups. oh you know, no this seems to be kind of the hot thing to do right now is call people out for for old stuff but I mean it is what it is have you been heard anything about Trapped all that's going on I want to say that I was reading something about bro that guy's trying to cancel himself <laughs> you'll have to elaborate I feel like I've stumbled across an article or something on it well, but I can't remember exactly there's too much to elaborate now like it's been going on for months the lead singer Trapped is like just calling everybody out on Twitter like Sam's just the most he's like super pro Trump uh, and like talking political stuff on Twitter and people are like bro you've been in a band who wrote one good song 15 years ago and he's like my album sales are due he's in it got, the thing that brought it to my attention he got into it with like the metalcore community yeah like um, you ever listen to Silent Planet yes their vocalist has been the biggest troll of that guy since it all started and then it got you know Ice T's in that band Body Count yeah he got into it with Ice-T. Told him he'd whip his hind end. I mean, dude, it's like... The dude... I wonder what the rest of the band thinks. He's literally ruining their careers, too. Yeah, I don't know. And I, Going back to the ghost inside... With one person possibly ruining a band... What is this going to do to the ghost inside? With Jim, like, I've already seen people bashing the band as a whole. And, you know, not... Or being critical of the, the ghost inside for not taking action sooner... According to them, they didn't. No, they didn't see it happen. They had heard rumblings about it, but thought it was bullcrap. Yeah, or something. You know. I don't know. I just I do feel like this, unfortunately, has put a a pretty big dent in their reputation. Like I've seen. Just browsing through the comments yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who turned real quick on them. But, and I'll be honest with you, though, but right now, though, 
this is the time to do that. Give it six months. I don't really think it'll be anything. I could be wrong, but, you know. Yeah, we'll see, man. Things are definitely changing, so. Yeah. Who knows? I'm still going to see them next year. Yeah, which I still owe you money for that, by the way. <laughs> it's all good. So. But, I mean, they're still my favorite band of all time. But, I mean, if he was the problem, he's not not the problem anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it sucks because, I mean, you're wearing a Ghost Inside shirt now, and I have a Ghost Inside shirt. It's like, if we wear that, are we then going to be associated with racism? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's just like, you got to look out for shit like that, too, and it's just, you got to be so careful about anything you do. You really do. Like, but, speaking of, to change the subject off the drama and get a little more upbeat, movements is... Either done writing a new record, or they're they're writing one. That'd be good. I I really like movements. They're uh... you're the one that really showed them to me. I mean, I had heard a couple songs before, but then you showed them to me at your house that one day. And it's just good, easy listening, dude. And it's but that dude is sad though. <laughs> oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's a sad fuck, dude. And no getting around that. But he writes good music. I like it because it's one guitar player, a bass player, and a drummer. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's, their music's pretty cool. And their guitar player's good. I've tried to learn some of their stuff. It's pretty hard. Of course, I suck at guitar, but... Yeah. I've all but given up on it. I still have my old Ibanez, and it's sitting rusted in the basement. And... It's fun, man. You should get back into it. Nah. Remember you and Ethan Walsh? Coming over here with Greg and playing Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, God. Unholy Confession. That was like one of the songs. That was like that and uh, Confined by Azalea Don were like my go-to. That's the only two I yeah. could play, but I played the, the hell out of it. <laughs> like if you heard it, if I picked up a guitar and started playing it, you would initially think I was, a, you know, he's okay. But then you realize like that's the only fucking thing he can play. So. They're pretty difficult songs to play, but that's all he can play. <laughs> that's funny. I still never learned how to play that song. But the other day, I was um, venturing down a rabbit hole of old, like, deathcore. Yeah. Some As Blood Runs Black, Job for a Cowboy, stuff like that. Yeah, As Blood Runs Black was sick. Their drummer was ridiculous. Oh, God. I, I can't remember the name of the song, like, but it's double bass at the end, dude. It just it's... rattles your body, like, so fast. Oh, God, what is that song? I don't remember what it is. But I know I know the one you're talking about, and it's almost unbelievable how fast he played it. But then I've I've seen him actually play it like on videos, and it's just not fair. Yeah. But yeah. Job for a cowboy. They had some some pretty good songs. I remember that I went through a last house on the left that was like one i was into i listened to that band bit. for like a week because you told me to and i was like no nah, i don't like this dude it was just like slow grimy yeah. metal dude it was and it their was lyrics were dark oh dude i rough i don't know that's like <laughs> Whitechapel had some rough lyrics but that band yeah dude it, put them to shame it was uncomfortable yeah with, like <laughs> i wish i would have never read the lyrics and i think that's when i quit listening to them because it was like dude just 
anybody look up some lyrics and you'll know what we're talking about. It's pretty dark stuff. Like uh, the one about the. So you're gonna bring up the lyrics? What's yeah, it specifically? <laughs> it's the song about the guy like selling his daughter. Yes. Or, dude. Oh God! Like what? Why would you write a song about that? Yeah, he. <laughs> so since we're getting into this, I guess I think the the whole concept is like a a guy kills his wife and then takes his little girl to flee the scene and then start, uh, when he's on the run he runs out of money so he sells his little girl to some sex trafficker or something and then it goes darker into events that transpired afterwards. Yeah, oh God. That's when I hit the old the old stop button on the <laughs> last house on the left album and never listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. I like, have... how could you feel comfortable, like... Seeing that every yeah, night. Yeah, dude. Like, and then people are in the crowd like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> having no clue. What's crazy to me is back then, bands would, like, put their lyrics on shirts. Yeah. Like, was that band gonna do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, dude. That's fucking jail time if you wear that shirt. Yeah, yeah, like... Okay... I did. I grew up in a very conservative household, so I wouldn't. I'm not gonna wear anything like that anyway. But you don't think people are gonna read that shirt and just immediately judge you for being the worst person ever? Yeah, but I don't know. At that age, you feel like you're. You just want to be so rebellious, and it's all about the fucking shock factor. You know, that's. I feel like that's the inspiration behind ninety percent of those old like deathcore yeah. bands was the whole shock factor. How dirty can we get? Whitechapel got pretty dirty. Yeah, they were. But like theirs were so dirty, it was like, not like. It was like gore core. Whereas yeah, like yeah. this, again, Last House on the Left was like some. It was too real. Truly fucking traumatizing stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> but then I like got into bands like Molotov Solution. You ever listen to them? Uh, see, all these old bands I know I've listened to stuff I just I don't retain like names like yeah, specific yeah. names of songs that bands played but well that band was like real political they're the first the first time I ever remember a deathcore vocalist or death metal vocalist being straight edge and he was like very straight edge but like very like and they have like songs like anti-illuminati and like stuff like that But I don't know, kind of going into the whole shock factor, deathcore. There's a band now that's actually pretty. I, I enjoy them. You've probably heard of them, Spite. They're. I've heard of them. Oh, they've they've got some good songs, man. Killer be killed, like their their big one, but it it's their big one for a reason because it's a fucking awesome song, man. It's oh yeah. And the dude's like, but the vocalist is insane. Like, and I'm not even into the whole, that style of, you know, music really anymore, but it is impressive the shit he can do with his, with his vocals. You listen to the new End album? <sighs> okay, so my opinion on End, dude, I know a lot of people are on the Counterparts thing, but dude, Counterparts is fucking awesome. That's oh, hands yeah. down. <sighs> dude, I, I, in my mind, I have like, I don't know. I have Blink is my all-time favorite. It's just, that's my childhood. We'll get into the top five bands here in a little oh, bit. Yeah. But then Counterparts, dude, like, I, 
they might be my favorite, dude. Blink for nostalgia, but Counterparts just for the music they put out is yeah. so good. But I just can't get into end, dude. I don't. I I like it, but at first I was like, oh, this is Brendan's other band. It's going to be the best, and I was really disappointed. Yeah, because I'm used to Counterpart. Well, end is like ungodly heavy for no reason yeah and I know they're doing it on purpose but the vocal mix it sits too far back into it you can't understand yeah the music almost drowns out his vocals and I know they're doing that on purpose it's kind of like the what's the word I'm looking for their gimmick kind of yeah because the guitar player of the band and the guy producing their albums, Will Putney, is one of the best producers of all time. Yeah. So you know he knows what he's doing. He's not just like not realizing. <laughs> yeah, so it has a, a purpose yeah. behind it. But musically, I like the new album a lot. Like I, I do like it, but it's not something I'm just going to ride down the road and listen to. I listen to one song here, one song here. I can't. The songs kind of run together for me. Yeah. But it's pretty good. It's heavy. God bless, it's heavy. But when I I listen to music for substance, that's why I like the Ghost Inside, that's why I like Counterparts, there's something to it. It's not just, oh crap, it's crazy heavy, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Counterparts, like, it's just like the perfect combination of music. Heavy and melodic. Brandon's an insanely good vocalist. And then just, they're... The music flows so well, and they're so good. Like, the guitarists, I don't know how to explain it other than just, like, they go on these different runs on the guitar, but they blend together, and it's like, it sounds like they're playing 50 fucking guitars at one it's time. So but it's so technical. Like, and then when we saw them live, oh, dude. Okay, so Justin's a little bit older than I am, but we're older than 90% of people at those shows. Yeah. So we showed up. We're like, you know what? <laughs> we're just going to hang out to the side here, man. I'm not going to get crazy. This, you know, the second counterparts came on. We were yeah, in the front that, of the dude. stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I paid for it for like four days. Oh, sore as fuck. Dude. Yeah, dude. I got the crap beat out of me. But it was so good. Yeah, my, my neck was fucked for like <laughs> a solid week afterwards. It was, <clears throat> that was rough. That's when I realized that, damn, I'm 30. Yeah, Ugh. but yeah. it was a good experience. Like the dudes were like very interactive with their fans and shit. And oh, I got a, that set list. We talked and, to yeah. um, Blake after the show, their guitar player. Which I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, it's cool to see how Counterparts is like kind of evolved. But like I don't know, all their every one of their albums are absolutely awesome you can listen to them start to finish and they all flow so well but it's it's interesting to step back and look at something like tragedy will find us and see how it relates to you're not you or uh nothing left to love yeah but blake specifically on you're not you he would dude he does these like little guitar solos now they're just so catchy like mid-song and I think that they're at their best right now. Like, this is the best well, lineup that they have. One thing that I think is impressive is, like you said, their their music has always been the same, but it's it's different, but it's still counterparts. Yeah. You That's can see them taking through... steps, like, each time, but it's, like, 
not so significant that it completely changed their their sound. They stay true yeah. to their sound, but also evolve. But right? they've went through like seven member changes. Yeah, well, they're on their third drummer. They've had four or five different guitar players. Um, I think the bass players and Brendan are the only original ones. Yeah, I was listening to. It's is it punk in punk rock NBA or whatever. Yeah. He has a podcast and he had Brandon Murphy on yeah. there and I was like, okay, I'll check this one out. And yes, they do have like a they do go through lineup changes, but if I'm not mistaken, Brandon said on that podcast, when it comes time to write albums, they all kind of go back in the studio. So Jesse what you're hearing on Alex, an album, you yeah. may hear, you know, it may not be what you're seeing live, it may be another guitarist. Yeah. But it seems like Counterparts is really like nine band members, but just you know, yeah. five of them going. Yeah, they right. say um, not Jesse and Alex. Alex was the Asian guy. Who, yeah, he just left. They have another. He he's out of the band now. Yeah, or? he just said he was just he touring. He's over it because they stay on the road constantly. Yeah, they brought back one of their old guitar players, not Jesse Doreen. I know who you're talking about. The other about. guy, but they all that the guy that's back in the band, he's been like you said, he's been in the studio writing with them. Well, if I'm not mistaken, if we're thinking about the same guy, he's the one that usually sings. Yeah, like yeah, I know that he yeah. used to sing for them. So. Yeah. Um, but then Blake, you know, Blake played in Hundredth. Um, I didn't know that. It was, right. It was like, right before they made that drastic change, like the. Into the whole Silver Sun pickups yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I like the new Hundredth. It took me a while to get into it. I like it though. I don't know, man. Like I, I enjoyed. I think it was Let Go. That's like That's really the, the only album, and they had like a couple, couple songs that they released on like different. It was almost like EPs or something. And there was a couple songs on them that I was into, but I don't know. I never really caught on to the whole hundred thing. So I love that. To me, their first album is one of the Treasure of Finest. Is well, not Treasure of Finest. Um, when will we surrender? Is one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life, but. That was also in more like impressionable times of my life. That was it was like the first time I'd ever heard a band like that. Yeah. You know? So but uh Yeah, Blake was in hundredth. Um Gideon, he played in Gideon for a while. The knockoff, like the poor man's version of the ghost inside. Have you heard their new stuff? It's straight up new metal. Yeah, I've not heard- good. See, again, I just suck at song names. I'd have to look at some of these. But one song I heard that they put out really wasn't terrible. They have three good songs on their new album, and they're just heavy. But the rest of the album is like new metal. Yeah, they, But to me, they've always been like... they, And I could have it wrong, but I feel like they would have been the ghost inside if not for the ghost inside. Well, they, they were a Christian band for a while. What's funny is you grew up in a Christian household. Uh, you know when like... Kids have been in church their whole life, finally start cursing, and yeah. they don't quite understand how to. Yeah. To me, that's <laughs> yeah. the, the new Gideon album. He's just figuring it out. It's just yelling F word in like random places. Like, you don't got to say that right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. But there were a few a few songs on the album that were sick, like just heavy. Like, But overall, I didn't like that new album at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've never. I've, Checked out Gideon a little bit, but they that's another band that just never caught on to me. And I've just always felt, again, like they were such a knockoff of the Ghost Inside. I just never gave them a, yeah. a fair shot. Did uh, 
my god. I just forgot what I was going to say. I was thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Did you ever listen to Four Years Strong? Yeah. Just a new album? Yes, I did. I think it's really good. It, yes, it is It is very good. I, and Four Years Strong, um, the album with the dim octopus on it. Yeah. Which one was... Get, uh, Rise or Die Trying. Yeah, their called. first album. Yeah, that shit was good, dude. That's like a solid-ass album, in my opinion. The one after that, I can't remember the name of it, but... It was okay, but then after that, I was like, dude, they just... And they I got, it, we, I went years, dude, without yeah. listening to them. And then randomly on Facebook, it's like, oh, check out this new music video from Four Years Strong, and I clicked it. I was like, well, this shit's not half bad. And then checked out the album. I was like, it's it really good. pretty good, dude. Yeah. And when me and Keaton been saw them live, uh, like the two days before this COVID crap really got... What well, was the night they shut the NBA down was when we were there. And... It was with Silverstein. Yeah. And Silverstein's new album's really good, too. Um, that's another band I haven't listened to in 10 years. Yes. But, uh, no, man, they were, God, they are good live, you know. But they played some new stuff, and most of it was off their first two albums that were really good. Just sticking to the hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played a couple songs off those, like, middle albums. Yeah. That I'd listened to. I knew the songs, but... I was like, yeah, whatever. But they were really high energy, live, man. It was. Yeah, they've sick. always seemed to have good chemistry. Like, the, well, the vocalists, they, they, their, their voices complement each other so well. Like, this is the perfect like back and forth when they sing. Well, I don't know if you listened to the episode. Me and Keaton were talking to about it, and he got into. He started looking more into it, and like it seems like they have good chemistry. But for a while, they were finished one tour and they about broke up. They said they hated each other. Because they'd spent every day with each other for years, and they were just neither one was in like a good place mentally, and they just straight up hated each other. And uh, but then they kind of like took a break, yeah. And were like, I think I think Dan called up the other guy one day, and they were just started talking, and then it was, you know, back at it. Which I think you need that. Like you spend, you're on the road ten months a year with these this same guy, and like the other two guys in the band are. They're clearly in the background. Yeah. Those two guys, they're the ones doing all the interviews together. They're the ones doing... They they can't get apart. So, you know. But, I don't know. I like them a lot. I like that new album. Yeah. Silverstein was pretty good live, but it was getting... They, they played like 25 songs. That's too much Silverstein yeah. in a row right there. Like, Well, they... Like, it was their 20th anniversary tour or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so... They started album by album. They played two songs of this album, two songs of this album. This, this. Then they played the entire Discovering the Waterfront album, which is the one everyone knows. Yeah, that's that's their. I mean, literally, their cover, pinnacle. cover to cover. And after they played uh, My Heroine, I was like, I'm out. Dude, I'm done. I gotta go right, home. <laughs> it's good seeing you, boys. Let's yeah. head on out. I can't listen to any more of this. But they were good live, dude. They're vocalists. Did you have to wait to see Four Year Strong? They were. They opened. Okay. Wait, yeah. Silverstein opened or Four? no? Four Year Strong. Okay, opened. good, dude. Because that well, was... not open. They were direct support. So got you. So you wasn't forced to sit through the, the entire, entire. Yeah, no, like legit. After they played My Heroine, we dipped out because it was like ten thirty at night. It's like, dude, this is going on way too long. Yeah, I dude. need to go home. They need to put down fucking seats for people if they're gonna play that <laughs> for real. And by that point, I was in the very back of the place, leaned up against the wall. I was like. Were people still into it, or was it? Oh, people were 
losing their minds over it. But I'm like, I'm not that big of a Silverstein fan though. I like that first album and the new album's good, but like that's that's it. You yeah. know. There's like a fifteen year gap there that I don't know anything they've put out. Yeah, that's I don't know. The album with the robot pulling its heart out, that that's, was like that is See, I'm, that's how I remember albums here. No names, yeah. just fucking art. The album artwork. So. so that's the one with Smashed Into Pieces on yes. it. Uh, yes. God, what is the name of that album? That album was good. Yeah. And then Discovering the Waterfront was fucking awesome. And then, like most people after that. We kind of grew out of that, though. Out yeah. of that type of screamo, you know. That was, the time we were getting into that was like, that was the biggest thing when we were getting into that music. And we just yeah. graduated through to heavier stuff but about like silver scenes like that it's dude victory was so smart to put those little sample cds in oh yeah yeah their bands uh, got so big off shit like that that's where i first heard bayside that's where i first heard atreyu atreyu um and a bunch of ton of other really good bands uh between the buried and me i think had a song on yeah yeah that was the um victory what are they called those things um but I know you're talking about that hot topic. If you bought a shirt, sometimes they'd give you one or yeah, something like that. That victory, say what you want about victory screwing bands over and like the whole data member dispute they had and stuff. That label at its peak, you couldn't beat it. Well, I think they're they're a huge huge reason for the success of like this a type of, of music yeah. today. Like, cause I mean, music's evolved off shit like that, and it's yeah. just I think that. Well, you know, now big the big, it. big label is Trustkill. And do you know who was signed to Trustkill back in the day? Remember Deception of a Ghost? Oh, yeah. That they were a... one of Trustkill's, like, first bands they ever really signed. And now Trustkill and Bullet Tooth, which Trustkill turned into Bullet Tooth, but now it's, like, two separate things, but they kind of merge together. Or that's, like, the big label in, like, metal now. Of course, now it's almost easier to be independent. Than it yeah. is assigned to a label, but I'll never do either. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll just fucking sit down here and dream about doing it. <clears throat> Remember that poster? <laughs> oh, good Charlotte. I need to take that down. So that was a solid album too. What it really yeah. was. Uh, I actually, I don't like listen to that stuff anymore. But like, it's funny that that's been hanging up in here for fifteen years or probably more than that. But I don't know. I, cr- I credit stuff like this to like the music I listen to today, and it's just it's cool. Like it, you know, it kind of started with Blink, and then later on it you know, Simple got Plan, stuff like this. and then um, some Forty One. Then it went like like you said, Good Charlotte, and then the Used, yeah, and, I and think then just like graduated. First to last, I remember was yeah. like one of the they kind of started like the whole emo, but with like breakdowns. Like oh dude, like the yeah. breakdown part, of that, and it just got fucking heavier and heavier. And then eventually it went to last house on the left. It's like well, let's dial it back a little <laughs> bit. So. Go back a little bit. I tell you what, you know what's funny? I never forget it. In high school, freshman year of high school, Anthony Creamy was like that shitty drum. Yeah, drummer. that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, he asked me one day. I was more into still into like the used and some stuff like that like very little screaming if any at all yeah and he was like yo you heard this band Chiodos oh god that's my first show I ever went to was Chiodos I'm like yeah man that's that's too heavy for me I don't like that less than a year later I'm like Whitechapel's biggest fan yeah <laughs> it was a, it was a gradual growth and then it's like at some point I just dove head first in 
Yeah, you know? it's, it's weird, man, like, to think, okay, where was that line from, like, music with singing to, like, just fucking transitioning if you, if to you're screen? Singing, you're the, it's not heavy enough. Yeah, you know? so it's, I don't know, man. But I, then I took a detour, which I'm still partially on that detour, I took a detour towards hardcore music, Have Heart, Bane, Cruel Hand, stuff like that. Yeah. That was, like, senior year of high school for about three or four years, and I'm still on that train, but I, at that point, I was like, I hate metal, hardcore is the only true music, yada, yada, yada. And then I was like, all right, let's dial that back, you're being an asshole. You know, there's other... But it is it is funny to sit back and think about your growth as a fan. Yeah. Like, you know, from where it started to the parts you don't want to tell anybody about versus where you're at now, you know? Yeah. It... And I, do you think now at, at our age, do you think we'll hit any more detours or you think this is it? I mean, something new and fresh will always come out, but I don't know. I've been pretty stuck on like, I don't know, going back to counterparts, but like that style Metal of music. Court, I've been right? stuck yeah. there for damn going on 10 years now so but and it wasn't always like that with metalcore like i i remember being in high school and a new metalcore band would come out and then they all just fucking started sounding the same and it just drove me crazy there every band sounded the exact same and so i just i think then i when i started kind of i know a lot of people were kind of into like half heart so i started dabbling that's like oh this is a little bit different I was like, that's cool. So I guess I kind of went like the more, sorry, listen more like, I guess, hardcore stuff because at least there was substance to the fucking yeah. stuff that they were putting out. And I think that's why, let me cut you off, but I think that's why I got into hardcore when I did. Because, I mean, you know my family life growing up and when I was graduating high school, it was to a point where I was like really trying to find who I was yeah. and like get away from what what was when I was growing up. So the substance, especially, especially have heart. Their music just like it sucked me in. And well, was there like, was thought behind the lyrics. It yeah. wasn't just like a like shock factor saying fuck yeah. before a breakdown or you know what I'm saying. It was like <laughs> there was something there where it actually meant something. But I think a lot of people felt very similar to the way you know you and I felt with all music sounding the same because that's when you kind of saw metalcore adopt hardcore lyrics. Yeah. And then it evolved into what it is they like knocked loose, you know, shit like that. So it's like, okay, this is what I'm fucking talking about. Like you, you've actually put thought into what you're writing and the music's fucking sick. So we're, we're, to, I think we're at prime, prime music. music. Yeah. And, and I, that's something I appreciate about you as well is you, we both like music as a whole. Some people like, I don't care what the lyrics are. I just like the songs cause it's catchy. Some people really like, lyricism i like it all encompassed in yeah. one like but brendan it's... murphy from counterparts is one of the best lyricists i've ever heard his uh like the album you're not you anymore it sticks out to me like that song itself and it to, on the surface that song you're like oh i can't it says i can't love you because you're not you anymore meaning like oh you've changed. I don't love you anymore. What the song is actually about is he dated this girl for a long time and she was real toxic. Yeah. And, uh, 
she uh, it was like saying he is in love with her because she's not her anymore. They've both changed is what the song was actually about. But he writes lyrics in a way that you can interpret them any way you want. Yeah. Make them fit. And like Arms Like Teeth, uh, songs like that. Like, I can't, I welcome your embrace. What is it? Even though you have arms like teeth or, or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. The dude is, I appreciate good, like, lyricism, not just, let's write 17 sick breakdowns and then just say random words over the top yeah. of it. But the example you use with You're Not You Anymore, Brandon does such a good job of, like, translating that emotion. Like, dude, you you feel it, and you're like, fuck, dude, I kind of wish I had relationship problems so that I could relate, like, even further. <laughs> I wish I wasn't so happy. Just... No, well, that, and, like, we were talking about their guitar playing, that real, real heavy, and then that real just melodic. Yeah. That just evokes even more emotion from hearing the sweet leads over. I'm telling you, dude, there's times listening to them where... Especially with headphones, dude. It's just like there's so much sound coming and it's just bouncing back and forth. And it, yeah, like you know. I have these studio monitors in here and uh, they're real flat, so they don't, you know, sometimes you listen to stuff in different speakers and it'll sound different. Yeah, please don't <clears throat> color the sound at all. So, like, I'll listen sometimes, come down here, I'll just cut the lights off and just crank those things. And it's just like you're hearing music how it's supposed to be heard, you know. And like you're saying, there's just so much happening that it's sometimes like I can say overwhelming. But a band, and I've I know I've let you listen to them before, but maybe you should check out again. That has a very similar as far as like the background music worthwhile, man. I'm telling you, they they play very similar to that. Like it's just I don't know a lot of a lot of melody in their music, but. Did you ever listen to Misery Signals? Uh, no, but I know that's like basically counterparts, like whole influence. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I've just never, I don't know. I just look at counterparts as the evolution, the perfected version of that. So I just, yeah, I can yeah. stick with that. Okay. I get a lot of crap for this. I don't like Dance Gavin Dance. What do you think about them? So we actually. I think we were talking about this not too long ago. I, I've never really gave them a shot just because their fucking name is stupid. Like, just the name alone <laughs> maybe not want to listen to them. But everybody was riding them hard. And I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. Goddamn, dude. They're they're not bad, dude. Like, I... Here's the thing. If I'm in a car with someone and they're playing it, I'll... I don't want to sound like a douche, but I'll, like, vibe to it. Like, it's good music. I'm not going to turn that on and listen to it, though. It is. Dude, I will, but like... There's a lot going on there. Dude, I'll fucking rock out some Dance Gavin Dance, but it's one of those bands where I, you know, you pull up to a fucking stoplight and you turn it down so like no one hears you listening to it. I can... That's one of those bands to me. But I do think they're... It's very catchy, and I've enjoyed every album I've listened to by them. Anthony told me to listen to a live album they had. It's like a studio album called Tree City Sessions. And it's their new vocalist, which I, I'm not bashing the band itself because they're so talented. Their guitar players shred. Their screamer can scream on top of playing guitar. And their singer is ridiculous. Yeah, the guy's that, got pipes, Tillian or whatever. But he 
showed me this album, and it's them going back their older stuff, like when Johnny Craig and that other guy was there. But it's Tillian singing all of them. And it's awesome. I, I've listened to this album probably a hundred times since he told me about it. But it's something about the other stuff. Like, I don't dislike it. I just can't get into it. I don't, and I honestly, I don't know why. I, because I, don't know. I just enjoy that. Because I like everything individually about the band. Because, I mean, me, like me and Anthony went and played disc golf the other day, or a couple weeks ago, and he was playing something by them. And, like, I knew it was them, and I really caught myself, like, kind of getting into it. But then I tried to listen to that same song on the way home by myself, and it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, so with me, um, I don't know. I was listening. I forget what song I sent you. Uh, Inspired the Liars, I think is what it was called. Yep. I heard that, and that song, I was like, dude, this motherfucker can sing. So I heard that song, and I really liked it. And I checked out more on that album, and I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not really into yeah. this. But I was like, screw it, let's... Let's give it another shot. And I checked out Artificial Selection. That album is, to me, that's their best one. And I was listening to it. And, you know, once I got done with that one, I'm like, okay, let me go back and revisit the album that Inspired the Liars were on. And I was like, okay, now I kind of get, I kind of get this whole dance, Kevin Dance thing. And I, I enjoy it, dude. And even this new album, man, there, there's one song that's fucking dumb. It's like he he's, sings in Spanish a lot in it. And that song was just fucking... It was awful. Yeah. But for the most part, the rest of the album's pretty good, too. And I don't know if you listen to episodes with... that one episode with my buddy Bo on it. Yeah, I, I checked that one out. He texts me every week. Every time he listens to one, and he, like, gives me play-by-play about what he thinks of the episode as it's as he's listening to it. Yeah. And he trashes me. He's like, dude, I, I hate hearing you talk about Dance Gavin Dance. I'm like, why? He's like, because he loves that band. He always yeah. has. From the day we were, we met, he's been a fan. And he's like, just your reasons for not liking them. And honestly, I'm trying to find, I'm, try, pretty, I'm trying to articulate. It's pretty fucking dumb, though, because you're like, I love everything about them, but I hate them. And it's like, well, what the well, fuck, dude? It doesn't I know, And sense. I know it sounds stupid, but I can't articulate why I don't like them. Yeah, I mean. This, this is the only band on the planet that I, I legitimately can't articulate why I don't like them. But now they're older. Like, Lemon Meringue Tie is one of my favorite songs of all time. And honestly, on that True City Sessions with Tillian singing, I like it way better than Johnny Craig singing it. But I don't know. And I feel like, and I don't want it to come off as I'm just that guy who just doesn't like Dance Gavin Dance because they're one of the biggest bands. I don't want to be that guy. But I just don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. You. Maybe I just suck. Maybe I suck. Maybe that's the problem. You can feel how you want to feel, even if it's wrong. wrong. But I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. There's, I guess there's bands like that for me that I just, that I just can't get into. But, uh, you like the 1975? Do what? Do you like the 1975? The 1975. Dude, I'm, I'm out of touch with fucking, is that like a new band or? It's like real uh, poppy uh, stuff. I, I don't like it already. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. Oh, yeah. Turn that shit off. <laughs> They're so good. Do you like your prevails? Yes. Well, 
That oh, album, I seen you, that new EP. Yeah, yes, the uh, what was the name of that song? That uh, Liar Hill or Larry, Larry Hill, whatever the hell. That song was fucking sick, dude. And there's a couple other songs that were pretty good, but I really, I didn't really dig any further into them. They're a band that I've. They have an album called The Inspiration, that. When you're talking, maybe not production wise. In my in my opinion opinion. You know how like you lay out songs. I'm sure you know bands lay out songs like I want this song to be the first one and then fillers, banger, fillers, banger, banger, banger. You know. Yeah. To me that is the most well put together album I've ever heard. Well it should just be banger, banger, banger. Well, banger. well that, that's the thing, is like they're all good. Every song on the album's good. Yeah, if you if you go into the, the album being like this song's not good, it's gonna be like you should, probably should get that fucking song yeah. on the album. Yeah. But like, they're all really good. But just the way it's laid out, the way the songs are written, yeah, it, to me it just flows well. Yeah, like it's one of the best albums I've ever ever heard. And I've always they broke up and then it they put out an album with just the vocalist. Like I think he may have studio guys writing, or he may have wrote wrote the whole album. And then they they're back together now, with that new EP, and it's I've always just loved them. I thought they're such a good band. Yeah, that uh, the EP you sent me was pretty good, and I probably should investigate further. Now their older stuff is now that album or that EP is it's classic sounding. It prevails, but like product, you know how that mid two thousands production value was on stuff. Yeah. It's not what it is now. So you can listen to it and it'd be like, oh, this kind of sounds like crap. That's not the music, it's the production. Yeah. I, I need to branch out and start checking out more music, but I'm, I don't know, man. I'm I getting, pretty much got a, a list of bands that I just cycle through. And See, I get in, in times where I'm just like, I'm good where I'm at. I have a set music that I like. I don't want to branch out. And then sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, dude, I need to... That's how, I, honestly, that 1975 band, believe it or not, that's Brendan Murphy's favorite band. Really? Yeah. And I, I listened to them ironically because I thought he was joking about it. He'd post on Twitter about it all the time. Yeah. And then he like posted pictures of him like at one of their shows and stuff. So I was like, let's do it ironically one day. I was like, holy crap. This is catchy. This is really good, you know. But you know me. I listen to country. I listen to anything. Yeah, I pretty much, myself, I just stay metalcore. A lot of pop punk. Like, I'm on knuckle puck right now. Like, yeah. I've cycled back to them. Copacetic, such a that's, solid that's album. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. It From front to back, that album's so good. But I was actually watching some uh, live performances from them. I just like to see how bands perform live, which... I got a great band you should check out live. I'll tell you in a minute. But, um, dude, I don't know, man. Uh, Knuckle Pucks, you know, they kind of have a back and forth vocal, like the vocalists yeah. go back and forth, which you have the main one who does most of the singing. But, uh, dude, live, he wasn't, I mean, he was okay, but, dude, their guitarist, the, like backup vocals was so good. I'm like, oh, dude, you should probably take over vocals for like, just, <laughs> he was you, insanely good. Do you like Dayseeker? I've never even checked them out, man. Okay. Their older stuff, they their vocalist has a phenomenal singing voice, but their older stuff, he screamed too. He screams a little bit on their new album, but 
they have a lot of like electronic influence. Not when I say that, don't think of like house music, but they use a lot of like synth pads and stuff in their real heavy music. But their new album, I'll show you this video of it's a live uh, video they just released of them playing the song called Sleep Talk off the new album. And that's kind of the same way. Their vocalist sings really well, but um, at the start of the chorus of that song, you hear, Into the night, I drink and drive. And I thought on the album, I thought it was like the main vocalist. It's their two guitar players, or guitar player and bass player harmonizing. It's, it's better than the actual singer. And like when you hear that guy's actual voice, it's he can sing. It's crazy. I wish... That whole band's just like wicked talented. Yeah. You know? But but going back to live bands you should check out, and I I may have I'm all the time sending you like little bands I think you should check out, but Drain, dude. Watch some live performances by Drain. That band is fucking insane. It is like nineties hardcore, but dude, they're so fucking awesome. They sound so good live and like the shows just look like they would be insane to go to. But I think You know what we need to do? What's we that? need to go to This Is Hardcore in Philadelphia one year. That's They actually drained, uh, did a performance there, and that's one of the ones on YouTube that I yeah. was that I was checking out. But is it Hate Five Six video? Yeah, Hate uh, Five Six has done it. Not, there's been some other ones. Because he pretty much exclusively films, like he's the only person really that films This Is Hardcore. Yeah, but he uh, that was on there. And I, I know one of your podcasts you were talking about how you can't get into Gulch or whatever, which... Was it I've actually listened to him a little more, and I kind of dig it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, watching videos, I think Gulch's drummer is the vocalist, is the vocalist for, for Drain. Okay, you sent me that video because I was looking at it and reading the comments on it, and yeah, no, no, Drain's drummer is the vocalist of Gulch. That's what it is. Well, then Gulch's drummer is a vocalist for Drain. I'm not, no, no, I'm sorry. You are correct, because I went back and watched a Gulch video and watch him playing drums. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, damn, they just swapping. Like, let's. The guitar is the bass player. <laughs> just rotate instruments and yeah. start a new band. But, um, that Gulch, I've actually listened to him more. Like, that's some. It's wild, but it's good. Yeah. It, it's interesting, man. Like, but Drain is. They're like Gulch, but more listenable. Yeah. Gulch is, yeah, like I say, it's just wild. And I, I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about their beliefs or anything, yeah. but they look pretty like... I know the vocalist for Gulch looks pretty 90s skinheadish, yeah. and I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, I wish information like that was public, but... I don't think... They're huge now, Gulch is, in the hardcore scene. I don't think they'd be as huge as they are if... Yeah, that... If he believed that. It's just, but the way he dresses, you know, like, oh, he straight looks out like of American skinhead. History X. Yeah. Like, Oh, he 100% looks like a skinhead. And that's that's kind of where my head was at. Like, there's no way, because hardcore is all about, you know, welcoming everybody yeah. and stuff, which is cool. And I'm like, how the fuck did this dude get the, <laughs> the Skinhead get in know? here and, yeah. He just makes good music. We don't care that he hates all races other than white people. Yeah. Fuck it. Good music's good music. Yeah. No, he, uh, that, that was, I think, what threw me off about that band the most at first was him. I yeah. was like, this is skinhead hardcore, dude. I don't want any don't part of it. Wife beater, like, yeah. tight fucking jeans and like boots yeah shaved head and I was just like I was looking for the swastika and I was like data <laughs> it's somewhere <laughs> speaking of boots and hardcore Kublacon oh god dang dude their vocalist wears Wranglers a wife beater 
and cowboy boots on stage. And now apparently he's a fucking barber too. Have you seen that shit? No. He uh, took up an apprenticeship cutting hair and he's posting that shit on Instagram all the time. I almost want to make the trip. I think he's in Phoenix. I just want to like, like just book a flight to Phoenix and just get a little trim by him to see how he does. That band. Kublacon is, is so good, dude. Awesome. Kubla, Kubla, Kubla. I don't fucking know it's which one it Kubla, is. I say Kubla because it's easier. I think it's actually Kublai Khan who yeah. is a... The name is like historical. Yeah. Um, but the that new album they put out Absolutely. was so good. Yeah, that was. And you know he's half black. Uh, is he? Yeah, I you noticed. know the song "No Kin" off of Nomad. Yeah. You know, that song is about racism and de- having to deal with it. And I watched an interview with him. Dude, have you heard him talk? Oh yeah, he's like Southern straight is, Texan. Mike. Yeah, but he's talking, and he said, he said, you know, I'm mixed, but my whole family are like my great uncles and great grandpa were like thriving kkk members and in that song he says he's like if i they met me their own blood would they be ashamed of me but i thought he was like like mexican or something I no he's like half black okay because i know yeah. well, i know his he actually i think it's ghost pains uh he names his fucking dad in that song because i know his dad like left yeah. him it's like Romero Pedoza or some yeah. shit. So I was like, there. I, thought I mean, was he like might some... be like partially his dad, but yeah, he was talking about being a mixed kid growing up, and he's like, I dealt with like identity issues so much. He's like, would my own kin, blood kin, not yeah. would be ashamed of me because I'm not white? And that's what that song is about. And after hearing that interview, that song carried so much more weight. You know, he's got an interesting story. I've watched several interviews with him where he's. I know he's had a rough relationship with his mom, and uh, I want to say that she was like bad on drugs and stuff. And I mean, it's, it's a sad story. If you want to check out more on it, just YouTube it, dude. It, I mean, it's I know his his mom had like called him or some shit, and was he was ducking her calls or something, and come to find out she was in the hospital or something for an overdose, and he felt real bad about it. So they tried to get their relationship back together. So he talked to her for years, but she would never tell him where he was living so he couldn't visit her. And then one day he got a phone call from the police saying that his mom had died. And so he, I'm guessing he went home and to where his mom had died. And dude, she was like living in a shed or something. She was still on drugs and stuff. And she was living in a shed and some burglars had come in and shot her. But I think she's just too embarrassed to yeah. tell him where she lived, so that's why she never told him. I'm like, dude, that's fucking rough. Holy crap. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. He he seems like he's had it pretty rough. But a fucking hell of a musician. Dude. Oh, dude, that band is so sick. And it's so simple. Like, I, I know me and you could pick up these fucking guitars and play their shit. And, like, the drummer, like, he doesn't do anything crazy. But, but it's it fits so good, so dude. good. yeah. Like, they're, they're, I know their music, their last album was tuned in drop G sharp, which is ungodly low. But, yeah, like, like, just simple, like, and like, the start of Absolute, that, where he's like, offbeat. Yeah. It's, like you said, it's so simple and so, but it's done so perfectly. Yeah. That, that band is. Hey, I want to see him live so bad. Yeah, I just, I'm afraid I'll die, though. I mean, maybe I just don't check it up, but I feel like a lot of people 
they don't talk about them as as much as I thought they, they don't would get the how love good they, they are. And I think they don't get the love they deserve. I honestly I don't know why. There's a guy I follow on Twitter named Alan Harrington. He is the guy when it comes. He knows he's like an insider, knows all the release dates for every album, all these stuff. And I hit him up. He's like albums of the year of last year. It's like, what about Kublicon? And he's like, I've never really listened to him. Oh, like, do you throw out all these obscure bands, and you're you've not, not listened to Kublicon? But to me, like, last year, last year was a great year for music, dude. Like, Counterparts, Kublicon, Knock Loose. I dare say Kublicon's album was better than Nothing Left to Love. As far as like, <sighs> no, I just I'm not enjoyed go that, that, dude. I. I'm not gonna go that far. I it would was, say it was number two, better than Different Shade of Blue, but Nothing Left to Love was ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know, man. But there's that's... a little a bias there too. But Kubicon's album, I did listen to it nonstop for like three weeks straight. I couldn't stop listening to it. I mean, it's just like it's fun to listen. It's weird. It's just it's, fun to yeah. listen to. Like, no, that's like early Knocked Loose. It was fun to listen to because it was just so heavy. Yeah. Now the new album is really good. Yeah. They've, They've exploded, uh, but they've showed growth in their new album too. Though, as musicians, as people, you know. Did you see that um, collab they did with the Ghost Inside, or not with the Ghost Inside, with the Counterparts for that shirt? I've seen so many fucking shirts for everything that's going well, on. It wasn't for this, and for like the. Oh, you talking about the uh, old Hamilton or whatever shirt? Well, that one, and then they had one that said "You're not blue anymore." Oh, okay, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, I saw the old Hamilton, uh, old Hamilton shirt, and I was like, oh, "That's pretty fucking cool." Yeah. But I just never pulled. What's the trigger funny on to it. me is, you know, Counterparts took Knock Loose out on their first ever headliner. Yeah. And now Knock Loose just is, shitting on yeah. everybody. <laughs> it's twice the band Counterparts is. Which is also crazy to me. Counterparts doesn't get the love they deserve either. No, it, it's just fans. You either get it or you don't. You I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. They um, and then in that I think it was in the same podcast, the punk rock NBA one. Brandon's like, look, we have we're trying to develop staying power. Yeah. If we can bring in two fifty three fifty cap rooms every night, forever, we're fine. We know we're not going to bring your thousands. 1500 caps we know that that's what a, what a knocked loose can do yeah you know like which is I've been a fan of counterparts for so long to hear the vocalists say that really kind of threw me off like are you serious are you tell me you're not getting six eight hundred people ever not like but I mean it's it's true like with them if you think about it like their music their success has stayed at a at a certain level, basically, through their entire run. There's ne- never really been any crazy highs or crazy yeah. lows. It's just stayed there. Like, where's Knocked Loose? You know, okay, okay, yeah. whatever. And now they're fucking way up there. Yeah. But uh, will they sustain will they, that? Will they stay here or will they level? Like, you know, that is true. Counterparts, they kind of hit a niche and stayed there. They didn't... Nobody branched them out into... Well, they found an audience... In us, you know, like yeah. the people who liked metal, like metalcore roots with meaningful lyrics, like, and we're there. But now, you know, younger kids, they just like, how fucking heavy can you get? And knock the loose, that'll fucking, that'll scratch that itch for you. So, well, <laughs> but, and that's the thing though. Why is Kublai Khan not scratching that itch for people? I don't, 
Because that's that twice I don't as heavy fucking as know, dude. I, if you want to get down to heavy, just brutality, that's twice as heavy as uh, Knock Loose. Oh, I, I completely yeah. agree, dude. But I think it's it's probably also the I vocalist. Think like, the vocalist that is so, it's so different. I think that well, both of those have unique vocalists. I think the vocalist for Knock Loose is not, you hear mids and lows. You've heard mids and lows for years. You ain't heard a metalcore band throw out a high-pitched vocalist in since like Attack Attack days. Yeah. So I think Dallas, or Brian Garris, who's the vocalist for, not Dallas is his brother, I feel like he, people say they don't like Knock Loose because of the vocals, but I also think he is a drawing point for a lot of people. When I first heard, when I first heard them, I was like, I was like, dang. Like, I remember the Gospels, the first song I ever heard by them. And I thought, dude, like, this is sick. Like, I really liked this. Well, it sounded like an angry fucking kid. Yeah. Like, it was just like, different. So I, I think he is a major drawing point for that band and also a major drawback for that band, too, for in certain audiences. You know? Yeah. But Kubicon, that guy's vocals are... It's just manly, dude. There's no other way to get around it. Like, <laughs> yeah. listening to that, you would expect him to wear Wranglers and boots. And well, some people are into like some people are like, "That's badass." And other people, I think it's like, the heaviest crap I've ever seen oh, in my life. Dude, like, that's, that's the most metal thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Because I love it. He has super long hair, but it's braided into pigtails Slings down those to his motherfuckers waist. around. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the most metal thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Yeah. Like, but it's unique to the scene. You know, yeah. like everybody's. Name any Looks other metal same, band, the guy wearing cowboy boots on stage. He just don't give a fuck, dude. No. What are you going to do, fight him? He's yeah. a big dude. <laughs> and if not, he sounds angry enough. That yeah, just his vocals alone fucking scare me. Yeah. But he's a pretty, he's a really good lyricist, too. Yeah. His lyrics aren't simple. They're well thought out and well written, you know? Yeah. But heck, dude, we're over an hour into this thing, and I'm about to piss myself so we're going to wrap it up. All right, dude. Justin's also wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, which is also the most metal thing I've ever seen in my life. Hell yeah. But we're going to try not to go three weeks in between episodes again. We've been slacking. And we're going to have Justin back. We're going to have a whole gang. We're I want to do the full, even though we're not going to be able to go to Boston, I want to get all of us here that we're going to go. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. And do dude. one. Word, we're out of here. Peace.